You found the only podcast that will always split the bill fairly, even though we only had like a salad and a water. Hey, let me ask you something. On this episode, Kristen and Ralph take a spring bike ride through Rome and chat about toxic positivity, the dangers of avoiding negative emotions, being supportive versus being dismissive, why we're so uncomfortable being sad, savoring the good times, and a whole lot of pasta references. And as always, the views expressed on the Hey, Let Me Ask You Something podcast are solely the opinions of your hosts, Kristen Wood and Ralph Andracchio, and are based on their years of practical and clinical experience. These opinions do not constitute any kind of advice, diagnosis, or treatment of any mental, physical, or emotional issues. If you are having an emergency or any serious ongoing situations, please contact your local hospital or a trusted professional. You can find this complete disclaimer on our podcast homepage. And now, on with the show. Hey, hey. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Hey, Let Me Ask You Something, as we struggle to get our technology together and get get rolling today. Crap together. Oh, man. We just came back from eating delicious food. I had tacos. You had a salad. We ate chips and guac. It was wonderful. And now we are feeling the effects of the after lunch we are, slump. Yeah, we're falling asleep rapidly. So <laughs> by the end of this half hour to 45 minutes, you may hear us snoring, but that's okay. <laughs> but we're doing our best because we're always excited as for every episode. And this one is, as we say every oh, week, very fun. Yes. And I have a correction from last week, somebody oh. somebody texted me to tell me we were having a uh, pasta discussion last week. Right. And we actually said the wrong kind of pasta. The, oh. the spiral pasta is rotini. We said rigatoni. We said rigatoni. Oh, gosh. So I, I apologize on behalf of my Italian heritage. Because, and all pastas out there. And all pastas out there. If I offended any pasta that may be listening to this podcast, I apologize. The correct answer from last week was rotini. Got it. That it makes sense now. Roti- it's right there rotini, in the name. And now I've differentiated in my head from a rigatoni. Right. But we were, you know. Yeah. Okay. It, hey, all you right. know what? I, you it, know, it happens. I hope everyone's okay with this. And we I hope lost we didn't. any listeners. <laughs> The, really don't claim to know anything about cooking or pasta. The FCC is knocking on my door right now. <laughs> Come out here. Um, yeah, so uh, this week um, I actually am supplying the question because it came up in my Twitter feed and I thought it would be interesting to dissect it because it feels it's not only interesting, but it feels topical right now. Um, so a little bit of backstory. Uh, I don't know about you, but I am a big fan of the show Ted Lasso that is on Apple+. Plus. Uh, anybody who has Apple+, Plus and can watch Ted Lasso, please do so. It's a wonderful show. Um, and not to, like, I don't think this is a spoiler alert or anything, but it's just like the way the character is. Ted Lasso, the main character, is a coach. He's a soccer coach. Um, Midwest guy, and he's like disgustingly positive about everything. Like to the point it makes you physically sick. He's like, just looks on the bright side of life and everything. And it's just, it's one of his, like the traits of the character is he's very positive and tries to get everybody to look at the bright side. And part of the, um, 
discussion on the Twitter, the Twitter timeline was how it is a little too much positivity and how it ventures into the, the territory of toxic positivity. And I didn't know what that was because there were people arguing for and against. And so I didn't know what it was. So I had to look up toxic positivity is. And it was actually really interesting because I never, I never knew it had an actual name to it. Um, but also I think it's relevant because I can, I can picture some people at this point in time being a little toxic with their positivity. So I felt it was an interesting kind of topic to discuss today and ask the question, like, what is toxic positivity? Yeah. And I think that it can pop up at all times in life. There, this whole concept of it, Mm -hmm. you know, has been happening to people. We just didn't maybe have a term for it, or I didn't know the term for it either. But then as soon as we talked about it and read about it and discussed it, I thought, yeah, this is a real legit thing that we've all experienced and potentially thought about, some of us, but never had a name for it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I do think right now with what's going on in the world, which we mention every week because there's a lot going on that influences mm-hmm. us right now, it definitely is even more pertinent, but just a great topic in my opinion. Yeah. And I think a lot of people will be excited if they stay with us today <laughs> to learn more about what this is and, and our thoughts on it. Don't. Touch that dial. Don't turn to another podcast. No commercials uh, here. No commercial breaks here, um, except for one of our sponsors, uh, Rotini Pasta is our <laughs> new sponsor. <laughs> uh, the uh, the wonderful world of Rotini Pasta. Um, would you, I think it would help to actually define what toxic positivity is, too. Would we, would you? I would I'm love to, Ralph. Vamping for time because you're grabbing your phone. Yes, so I'm I going am. I had to it. I have yeah. a joke. Why did the chicken cross the road? <laughs> no. To get to the other side. Which which is a, a joke about death. Right? How did where do you go when I was just I don't pulling know. up the what, see when you're not here to supervise <laughs> I start talking about weird <laughs> stuff. The definition of toxic positivity is the belief that no matter how dire or difficult a situation is, people should maintain a positive mindset. It's a good vibes only approach to life. Yeah, I've heard people say that all the Good vibes only here. Good vibes only in this room. Positive vibes. Positive vibes only. Yeah, that's a little much. Like, uh, I don't know, from a, from a clinical point of view... What what are some things that you would look out for if somebody like if you thought somebody was a little too positive to the point of being toxic? Well, I think just to step back one quick step, sure. I think I'm sure people listening right now are like, what the hell's wrong with that? That sounds oh, like sure. a great attitude. Yeah. And we're not here to dismiss being positive. So again, bear with us here. <laughs> but I think the idea of being really really only looking at the positive of something is possibly avoidance, possibly very much avoidance of the facts of the real situation in front of you. And in particular under my, with my hat on the feelings attached to certain situations Mm -hmm. that some situations just suck. And yes, you can, try to maintain a optimistic view even during difficult situations and people do that but to avoid dismiss 
the uh, negative emotions and the negative aspects of all situations is not always healthy. Whether or not you yourself are doing it or you're doing it to someone else. Yeah, it could it could be very um, uh, invalidating to somebody if they're like, no, I'm actually going through some stuff right now. And you're like, no, no, just look on the bright side. Everything's fine. It's, you know, uh, get over it. It's, you know, tomorrow's another day. All that kind of stuff that we think is supportive is really doing more harm than good. Because like I tell a lot of people and I tell my clients sometimes, it's, it's okay to feel the feels. Like if you're feeling something right now, feel it no matter what it is. Because that's, we are emotional animals and that's how we process information. So no matter what the emotion is, feel it if that's what you're feeling right now. It's like, but don't get caught in it, I think is the big point as well. Like I, I use that metaphor of sitting on the, the edge of a river and like watching everything kind of float past like leaves on the stream kind of thing. Like, yes, it's coming, it's here, you're feeling it, you're experiencing that, but then also letting it go and flow past you kind of thing. So yeah, the whole spectrum of emotions is healthy to feel because that's how we process. So just focusing on the positive is not helpful in any way, shape or form. And I think that most people are very uncomfortable with negative emotion. We don't like it. Mm -hmm. Most people are not like, yay, I'm depressed. You know, or <laughs> yay, I feel humiliated and embarrassed by that. Well, you didn't know me in college. <laughs> but no one enjoys that. But I think that when somebody else is exhibiting toxic positivity, it, it, it very often is a reflection of their own discomfort with negative emotion their own discomfort with, oh my gosh, this person is not okay right now and I don't know what to do, so I'm going to make it all go away. Or if you're the one that's doing it, kind of the same thing. That I don't want to feel this, so I'm going to pretend it's not here and it, you know, present as though everything's going to be fine, which is avoidance and it's not helpful and actually can be destructive if you refuse to engage in it. I know that sitting in a, a lot of painful feelings is very overwhelming to people, for, to anyone. So it's hard, that balance, you know? When I say to my clients, create space for you to, to grieve. Let's use grief as an, as an mm -hmm. example. You know, you, you, you may need to distract and you may need to try to do some other things and be positive, but you also need to create those, those spaces for yourself and allow yourself to feel whatever it is you're feeling that day or that week around the loss of X person, animal, whomever. Um, and I think people get very afraid to do that sometimes because individuals are afraid of being overwhelmed and not being able to get out. It's like if I jump into this pit of negative emotions, can I swim back out after an hour of processing? Or am I going to get stuck? Well, that's, that's, I'm, it's interesting that you said, use the metaphor of jumping into a pit, because I think how we view negative emotion or negative situations that happens can also dictate how we process them. Like, thank you. Yes. Right. So yeah, like, bad if, if yeah. no, 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 I, I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm just saying it's interesting because it's the difference between thinking of negativity as jumping into a pit rather than, like I said, like sitting on a sitting on the bank of a river watching it float past. You know, there's a there's a difference on, on how you approach the situation. But I'm curious what you think 
where you think the uncomfortableness comes from with us. Because I'm, I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure this is a cross-culture thing because nobody, like you said, nobody really is like, yay, I'm depressed or yay, you know, my dog died. But I think how different people in different countries and different cultures handle the negative, the grief, the loss, you know, whatever, anger, whatever the case may be. Why do you think here in America we're so uncomfortable with it? I think it's vulnerable, number one. It's, it, 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 if we put anger over on, a different, on, the, on the shelf for a minute, mm-hmm. anger is very powerful. Mm-hmm. Anger is a very socially acceptable negative emotion that is a valid emotion but also often masks vulnerable emotions. Um, such as hurt, humiliation, embarrassment, sad, embarrassment, sadness. Mm-hmm. I think that negative. We're just put, saying negative emotions to sum it up. Negative emotions are very, very vulnerable, and they are not powerful, and they are, if you want to say, weak in some people's eyes. And a lot of people don't like feeling that. It's very uncomfortable, and it can be very. Um, overwhelming as I said and I think when people have a lot of feelings I know I'm repeating myself but I'm hoping I'm clarifying That's okay. too, yeah. that they're afraid to go there because as soon as you sit down and say I'm going to face these feelings about x thing I think people are afraid those feelings are going to take over and they're not going to be able to get back out mm-hmm. and when I say get back out meaning depression will set in when they face the feelings and they won't be able to get out of it and it will continue to worsen. Almost like the negative emotions will take over and you won't be able to get back to some sort of state of equilibrium. Mm-hmm. And so it's the discomfort of feeling crappy because if you're dealing with negative emotions, you don't feel good. And it's also the fear of being able to pull yourself back out in order to function and move through life once you do face them, mm-hmm. like, will it just take over and I won't be able to get, get away from those feelings now that I've allowed myself to look at them. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I think you hit the nail on the head with the vulnerability, vulnerability part of it too. Um, because just from my experience, just from my experience teaching improv and teaching actors how to handle emotion on stage or have a good scene, a lot of times when people are first starting out performing, they'll go right to anger every chance they get. I remember saying that. Mm-hmm. Because it's safe. It's, it pushes outward. You don't need to connect with anybody. You don't need to understand anything. You can just be angry, and it's safe, right? Because we're afraid of that vulnerability of connecting with somebody, being sad in front of somebody, feeling grief in front of somebody, because it opens us up. And there's this very... And again, this is my point of view, uh, you know, at me, if you'd like, send me, send me some strongly worded emails, <laughs> but I feel like there's a, there's an epidemic in, in this country specifically of that, that, you know, feeling all the feelings, feeling the full spectrum of emotions is, is thought of as weak and not acceptable, which is, you know, I can't curse on this, but you know, it's bull hockey, bull the, hockey, right? Bullpucky. Right. We're going to make up new words that mask real curse words. Right. Yeah. I'll, I'll think of some. I'll think of some. I'm sure you will. Oh, it's my homework <laughs> for next time. But it's and it, I, it's 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 just dumb. Like it's how we process things that happen in our life. And if, if you're cutting yourself off from every other emotion but happiness and anger, it's like it's like. Uh, 
watching a movie with both hands tied behind your back. I don't know. I know that's a terrible metaphor. <laughs> Sorry, we are not strong on metaphors today. <laughs> metaphors, not our, not our thing strong suit. this afternoon. Right. Yeah. I, so I think the vulnerability part of it is... And it's, oh, the, the thing that's happening right now, I may date this, it may date this podcast and like peg it in a specific time frame, but I think that's okay. Um, Simone Biles in the, in the Olympics, she just dropped out because she's having mental, you know, difficulties that she needs to take care of. She needs to take care of herself. And I see so many people passing judgment on her of like, just suck it up and deal with it. You're, this is your job. You're, you're not supposed to feel... First of all, that woman does not know, owe you anything, number one. So knock it the hell off. But number two, it's like, that's the thing. She's seen as weak because she had to pull out of the competition because her head's not in it. it that's like the strongest thing you can do is say, hey, I need to take care of myself right now. Like, I'm, gonna, I'm going to hurt myself. And I think she said that at some point of like, if my head's not in the right space, I could really injure myself badly doing like keeping keeping up with this. So I think this is very relevant to what's happening oh, right now. Hundred percent. Even when um Osaka, I'm trying to remember Naomi Osaka, yes. the tennis player, same thing really, mm-hmm. I mean different situation, but I remember somebody I know saying, well, she should know what she signed up for and she should have been prepared and she should have, I'm like, first of all, she is young. She's not, I think she's 20 if that. Mm -hmm. And again, I look at it the same way as that somebody being strong and taking care of themselves, which makes me, I don't want to go on a soapbox. It's not our topic today, but it really (laughs) gets me worked up because it's again, people uh, shaming, criticizing someone for taking care of themselves above everything else, which you cannot perform as a professional athlete or in any capacity if you are not well and you can't take care of yourself me- mental health-wise. So I could go on for hours and I won't. We'll save it for a different time. But yeah, I agree. <laughs> it's the same thing. The other thing I wanted to say about mm-hmm. anger is that, again, I'm not trying to say, and please no one send me an email saying I'm saying this, that anger is not a real emotion because it 100% is. However, anger often masks more vulnerable um, feelings. Look up the iceberg theory uh, for a visual on this. And anyway, I also think that anger, what happens with anger is not only is it often masking other feelings, but it's it, it also is completely distracting from the feelings. And what I say by that is, when someone's really angry, whether they're angry and they're stomping around, they're angry and they won't talk to you, they're screaming and yelling, or they're hitting someone, what do people remember? They remember that behavior, right? Mm-hmm. They remember what that person said to them, did to them, did to whoever, or wouldn't say to whoever in that interaction of whatever happened. And then everyone gets fixated on that. Whoever's involved in that altercation or conflict is fixated on all of that. And what ends up being lost so many times in those instances is the actual real feelings that were underneath it that spurred the entire situation. It goes back to, what was it again you, your, your thing was? We're not arguing over... Oh, it's not about the drapes. It's not about the drapes. We're right. kind of back to, if you've listened to the prior episodes, it's not about the drapes. Right. So people get in arguments about something such as the drapes or mm-hmm. whatever the case may be. And then the anger and that comes out and everybody's, whoever's involved is getting really mean and critical. And that's what they remember and never really get to what's under the drapes. And I think that I'm, I'm speaking on that again, mm-hmm. that that's the other thing about the anger is it masks 
and distracts mm-hmm. from what someone's really feeling and what the real core issue is in a lot of situations. Yep. You know what doesn't make me angry? Rotini brand. <laughs> Rotini pasta. Good for any meal. Uh, buy some today. That's our sponsor. Um, sorry, it was getting too real. I had to inject a little like bit. I was wondering if, if listeners want to send Ralph a box of Rotini. <laughs> Please don't. Please forward to Please P.O. Don't. Box. <laughs> Please don't send me anything. Uh, I'm gluten-free. I can't eat it. Um, yes. Uh, and there, there's, this, there's this idea that, you know, oh, there is no such thing as too much positivity. It's a good thing. We should all look on the bright side. We should all... There's, it's, it's in degrees, I, I think. It's like too much of a good thing. You know, I'm, I'm a fan of positive psychology, and I try to use a lot of what it teaches in my in my business but i think there is a misunderstanding of what it is and it's not it's not like everything's all sunshine and rainbows and you know everybody we're all getting along and everything's great and there's no it's not about that it's about feeling the feelings number 1 and like being present with your feelings whatever the case may be but it's also you know when the when the good stuff does happen, it's it's holding on to it and remembering it and and filing that goodwill away in your resiliency reserve. So when bad stuff does happen, you bounce back quicker because you have more of that goodwill saved up for less for lack of a better term. So I think for me, yes, I try to I try to look for the positivity when I can, but that's just because when the good times happen, I get to like remember them and, and be present in it and feel it and have a good time. But I also get to store that energy away in my battery. So when something bad does happen, I feel the loss, I feel the grief, whatever it is, but then I bounce back quicker because I have those reserves saved up of the good feelings and the good times and the positivity. So I think that's one way to kind of counteract the toxic positivity. It's not about being positive all the time. It's, it's, it's holding, it's uh, savoring the good times when they do happen. So that way it, it f- fills your resiliency. I don't know. Can you think of an example of that? Not to put you on the spot, but to an example of exactly what you're talking about, like something good happens and you put it in the reserve and then you pull it out when something difficult happens. Um, yeah. So, and it doesn't have to be something like huge like oh i went to i went to rome for a week and i it was like this wonderful vacation it doesn't have to be that kind of big thing it could just be like i got to go on a bike ride on a beautiful spring morning with my partner this saturday and it was wonderful and it's like those little moments like that when you're when you're doing something fun you're connecting with somebody you love I try to to be totally present and immersed in it and remember everything, the smells, the sights, the sounds, the feelings, like the laughter, like all that fun stuff. And I try to remember it in my bones because it gets saved away and I can remember that. It's like when, it's like um, uh, smell memory, like when we smell a, a fireplace or like, fresh baked chocolate chip cookies, it triggers all these memories in our heads, whether we like it or not, right? It's the same thing. So you can recall that. Like I'm not smelling a fireplace right now, but I can remember what it feels like in my body to have that like Mm -hmm. sitting in front of a fire with my family. 
that's a good memory that I have and that's in my reserve. So now when something bad happens or something unexpected happens, yes, I feel the emotion. I'm in the moment. I deal with whatever I need to deal with then. But, you know, it's easier for me then to take a deep breath and, and remember like those good feelings in my body of sitting by the fire, going on that bike ride. And it, it kind of helps me to bounce back quicker because I have those memories in my reserves and it helps me be more elastic. And stuff like I would that. think it would be even more powerful if the positive memories, for lack of a better way of putting it, are attached to the situation. And what I mean by that, and you tell me if this resonates or makes sense for you. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, the, what, the example you just gave of having the bike ride mm-hmm. with your partner on a spring morning. Um, you had... All right, so difficult situation happens. Big fight with partner. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if this is even a, 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 a more connected way of looking at it. Then in those moments, all the negative feelings, all the negative thoughts, at some point being able to pull from that really positive memory with your partner to help try and balance out the doom and gloom and possible catastrophizing that one might do after that really difficult conflict occurred. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a great that's a great point. And it 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 gets into the territory of positivity resonance where you're having uh this you're sharing this moment with somebody else and you both kind of feed on each other's positivity and you get into this groove and a sink and you like feel it's like anybody who's been in a really like intimate relationship with somebody knows that feeling of like being in sync with somebody and like sharing those emotions. That's what the resonance is. And yeah, absolutely. If you have those really good positive moments with somebody and then something bad happens, it's easier to pull each other out of it because you, you have that unspoken language between you of that resonance that's still kind of echoing and you can pull on, you can, you can, you kind of feed on that or reference it and it pulls you out of the the bad thing quicker so to your point you don't sit in it you don't dive into that pit and then all of a sudden it's like how do I get out of this there's that there's that escape hatch because you have that person and those memories and that resiliency built up between you and I think when something first happens we don't often depending on how serious the situation is and how strong the feelings are that have been evoked from whatever happened always have a choice but to feel and to feel the negative feelings because it's just so strong Mm -hmm. and that that's okay and that that's normal but just like with everything right we give ourselves a certain amount of time and then we have to hopefully try to figure out how to like you keep saying bounce back a little bit how do I uh, look at this a little differently how do I look at my reserve and pull from it to get not necessarily happy, but to get pull out of those feelings a little bit or lessen the intensity of them um, over time, being able to see a little bit more positively. It, it's, it's like a balancing act, literally, mm-hmm. trying to give yourself the space and time to feel the negative, difficult feelings, but then also at some point, and I don't have a timeline on this for, for anything because it would depend what it is, being able to hopefully reset, regroup pull from the reserves and be able to have some type of optimism or positivity around moving forward as well. Mm-hmm. And to your, to your point about like balance and equilibrium, it's, it takes three positive 
um, moments or, or uh, happenings to happen to balance out one negative event that happens. There's a three-to-one ratio. So the more of the, and again, it doesn't have to be huge positive moments, little, little positive moments during the course of the day with friends, with family, reading a good book, eating a good meal, sitting outside, letting the sun hit your face, like little tiny things like that count. And the more of those little things you have, they build up over time. And then it's easier to balance out and find the equilibrium between the good and the bad. And it's, yeah, you great point. It's not about being happy all the time. When we say pull yourself out of it, it doesn't mean, oh, I'm happy and great now and here's a tambourine and I'm going to like, yeah, it's not about that. It's just pulling yourself out of it to the point of I've found equilibrium. I'm okay. I can take a breath. I'm not, I'm not like battling a huge emotional something right now. Like I can, I can breathe and relax is I think what we're talking about. I can't help but think that what we're talking about, we keep talking about balance. I then went and. I went to Simone Biles in my head on right. the balance beam. Right. <laughs> I was like, okay, the, I just went she's, back in my head to how we were using that as a, a little bit of a. She's a in there. Here and I'm like, oh, okay. Anyway, I'm sorry. No, that's, that's okay. I my brain. No, that's totally. You know what else is good for balance? Rotini pasta. Oh my goodness! Wow. <laughs> Does anyone know an intervention to help Ralph get off the pasta train? Our, it, our we sponsor didn't even have today. pasta for lunch, just no, so you know. We, we had not. Mexican, but his brain is, is I'm stuck on the pasta. Milking the rotini for all it's worth. I, get, um, I don't know. Maybe rotini next week. I don't know. I, I, hopefully, we'll have a sponsor next week. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Um, so, tool wise, uh, again, back to the topic of toxic, uh, toxic positivity and how much is too much kind of thing. I think a question, a good question to ask is what can people look for if, if they're worried that they're being too positive to the point of being toxic or somebody they know is being like way too positive to the point of it just being harmful. Harmful to them or? To anybody, to everybody, them and everybody around them. Because hmm. I would think like looking for those phrases that we began with, like, oh, only good vibes here, and oh, just shake it off and keep going, or anything that kind of pushes, anything that negates or or ignores what's actually happening in reality, I think is is something to look out for and be aware of. If somebody keeps doing that, I think that's... Yeah, that's... That's tough. It makes me think of a, a client I was talking to who was concerned that they were disconnected from their feelings about something because they didn't have any negative feelings about it. I think it's really about being honest with yourself. It, you know, I feel like this 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 toxic positivity is an act. <laughs> I don't know if that's an appropriate thing to say. It just feels a good act. Like it feels like this is how you want it to be, and so you're you're performing. If you feel like you're performing, if you feel like you're taking all of your energy to maintain that positive outlook, if you feel like you're fighting back that in your gut, the true feelings that are going on, and only you can know that. I can't look at somebody and necessarily know that. I might suspect it, but it's really a, a true, honest meeting with yourself because what will happen, in my opinion, is that it will just keep building and building, and eventually, guess what? 
the positivity will go to the wayside mm-hmm. and you possibly could become very overwhelmed with a lot of negativity because avoiding it does not work. <laughs> mm-hmm. Trust me, I've seen it enough times. Some, some people can do it for a month, some people can do it for years. But over time, if you don't look at it and process it and feel it, it's going to come bite back and bite you in the butt. Mm-hmm. And it's exhausting yeah. to do. That's the other thing about this is anytime you try to keep up any kind of facade that is not aligned with the reality of the situation, it's exhausting. It takes more work to keep up that that weird, you know, mask of no, everything's fine. Everything's fine here. I'm fine. Everything's fine. That's exhausting. Like let your letting yourself feel the feels is it takes much less energy and it's actually, it helps you through the situation quicker because you process it. You're not avoiding it, right? Yeah, and it also, I just lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. It happened to me already earlier at lunch. I'm sorry. Uh, No, it's okay. I think that, oh, growth. It prevents growth. Mm -hmm. It it literally stunts it with yourself, with, um, yeah. It, 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 It just... It prevents you from growing. It prevents you from healthy coping. It's just, it's keeping you stunted mm-hmm. in that space that you're in. And when it comes to other people, because we haven't talked enough about that, in my opinion, today, when you're the person that's doing it to someone else. Oh, yeah. It. Knock it off. It, uh, it keeps them stuck and it keeps them feeling very alone because it's very dismissive. Mm-hmm. And can be shaming. That's the word I wanted us to get to today. It can be very shaming when people are like, oh, everything happens for a reason or you'll be okay. And it's very dismissive to people. So it really can not only make them feel invalidated, like we already talked about, and, and possibly shameful about the way they feel, but it also can create a real um, disconnect, distance within the actual relationship between those two individuals. If they feel they have to put on the performance of toxic positivity and cannot be and cannot feel and cannot show how they really are feeling, it keeps that person stuck. So if you are the one that's possibly doing this to somebody else and you think you're helping them, you're you're not at all helping them. You're actually making it more and more difficult for them to be feel comfortable and able to process and work through what they're feeling. That brings up, um, for me, the, the thought of, we all, we all know that, that perfect couple that's like, they're too perfect. They don't ever fight. They don't ever disagree on anything. They're so like saccharine sweet. And, and everybody, every time everybody's like, that's, that's not right. So there's something wrong there because you know, it doesn't feel right. And that's, that's, I think that speaks to what we're talking about today of, it's it's unnatural to be a hundred percent positive and in sync and like happy all the time. You there there's ups and downs. You're gonna disagree. You're gonna you're gonna fight. You're gonna something's gonna happen. And I feel like to your point of if you're doing it to somebody else, I would ask the person that's doing it, what are you avoiding? Like what are you afraid of? Why is why is me feeling sad right now? gonna make you uncomfortable you know what I mean Mm -hmm. yeah that's that's most times what it's about is that person well-intentioned look you you know sometimes 
people not we're not trying to say that people that might be engaging in toxic positivity are terrible people. I don't think no. that's the case at all. No, no, no. But I don't think it's healthy. Right. If you're the you know receiving it, if you're the person it's giving to someone else, or you're doing it to yourself. But I often think people say things like, "You'll get over it." Pull yourself up by your bootstraps or whatever weird sayings are out there that people say that gloss over it all. I believe that comes from that individual's discomfort with the feelings of the person that's in front of them and not knowing what to do often. Mm -hmm. So, again, it comes from a place of just maybe feeling anxious and overwhelmed themselves Mm -hmm. and wanting it, like, subconscious. I think a lot of this is subconscious. Mm -hmm. Subconscious, like, kind of wanting it to all go away and then feel better. Yeah. But it really does so much damage to that person on the other end and can create so much distance between the two individuals and are facing that um, just because they don't... And then at that point, they probably won't come and talk to you and maybe acting and presenting as positive. But then there's no... uh, It's not real. Yeah. And your connection and their ability to feel emotionally safe with you is damaged. Yep. And... uh... Also, um, a tool for everybody to take and use immediately. If you are somebody who feels uncomfortable around somebody who may be going through it and you don't know what to say and the first, your first instinct is to do the toxic positivity of like, oh, you know, whatever, tomorrow's another day, let it uh, roll off your back like a duck or, you know, whatever. You know, the, the, the let it roll off your... Yeah, like I never heard the duck are, part. I heard the let it roll off your... <laughs> I just never heard it, right? Oh, okay. I'm, I, I'm butchering the saying as well, but it's like something about a duck and rolling off a duck's back or a bill or something. Ducks, ducks, yeah, water and ducks don't mix, I think is what I'm trying to say. Um, if you're that person who is uncomfortable with somebody being in a sad situation or like something that, that you don't have to have the answer. You don't have to be the expert. You don't have to give advice or share a story. You know what? Nine times out of 10, the best thing and the healthiest thing you can do that's going to help them more than anything, just listen to them. Just sit there and listen. I know it sounds weird and like you're not doing anything or like, oh, I should be doing something. You are doing something. You're listening to them. You're creating a little bubble of space for them to feel the feels and get it out of their system and talk through it. And I guarantee you by the end of them getting it out, they're going to feel better and they're going to thank you because you didn't say, you didn't try to brush it away and try to be positive. You didn't try to give them advice. You didn't try to like steer them in a new direction. Just sit there and listen. I guarantee you it'll, it'll do more for them than trying anything else. You said it perfectly. Yeah. Look at you. Look at me. I, you really Today did I've become, I've no, become you, a man. You, you literally said what I was just about to say. As right. soon as you start talking, I'm like, oh, he's addressing oh, okay. what I was just Great. about to say. Great. Because that is like the 411 I want to get out to so many people. Yeah. Because I feel like they, they make it harder for themselves and thinking they have to fix it. You can't fix feelings and you don't have to agree with them or understand them. Right. But if you care about someone and you want to support them and help them, what you should need to do for them is just listen and just say, I'm sorry you feel that way. Even if you don't get it, if you don't understand mm. why they feel X, Y, Z feeling about something that happened, it doesn't matter. You don't have to understand and you don't have to get it. They just need to talk about it and, and they just need to share their feelings and 
don't try to argue with their feelings. That's just, right. we we as individuals try to argue with our own feelings. We try to get angry at our feelings and beat ourselves up about our feelings. And then other people at times will do the same. And guess what, everyone? Doesn't help Doesn't. anybody. Nope. In fact, it makes everything worse because mm-hmm. your feelings are your feelings, and they are going to be there whether you're mad at them, don't like them, whether you tell them to leave, whether you tell them they're stupid, whether you or someone else tells you. Tells you. They're not going anywhere. They just are. Yep. They just are. And when you feel that way, you just want someone to say, gosh, I'm really sorry that you feel that way. How yeah. can I help? Or is there anything I can do to help? Most, most likely they're like, no, I just need to talk about it. Yep. That's, that's the, you just addressed the other big one that I was going to say. Ask, what do you need from me right now? How can I help you? And if, it, if they say nothing, I just need to talk, there's your answer. They didn't ask you to fix it. They didn't ask you to do anything else. Just sit there and listen. That's great. And they, I mean, they they need the space. They need they need the help at that point. It's you're not steering a ship. You're not doing anything. You know, it's them. They're telling you what they need. Just listen to them. That's all. And if you want to go out for ice cream after, and they say yes, <laughs> great. Yeah, I think that um, people put so much pressure on themselves to be doing all these things that you're not going to be able to do. I'm a therapist and I can't, I can't fix people. And it's obviously not my role. And when people have difficult feelings, I don't, my job is to not make them feel better. My job is to be there with Mm -hmm. them in those feelings, validate them, make them not feel alone. Make them feel like it's okay to feel that. Mm -hmm. That's what, we do as therapists, we're not in there saying, well, you don't want to have that feeling. You should try this one out. I mean, that's, that's not what we're doing. It's not Urban Outfitters. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and that's what people, I, I mean, I talked to so many people in my work and I can't tell you how many times I've heard them say, I just want them to listen. I just want yep. to be able to go to them when I'm having a tough time and talk about it. And I don't want them to try to fix it. Right. <sighs> Covered a lot today. So in summation, um, just listen, don't try to fix stuff. And if you feel like somebody in your orbit is being super positive to the point of being like detrimental, then maybe, maybe, you know, ask them about it or, you know, say, Hey, that's, uh, that's not helpful. And if you're the person who's doing it, think, what am I avoiding? What am I afraid of? What's so bad about you know, listening to somebody be sad. And oftentimes, one more little note here. Yeah. Oftentimes people that might be um, presenting, I don't know what the right word is, uh, toxic positivity and aren't able to allow somebody to, to share their vulnerable emotions is because they're very uncomfortable with their own. Mm-hmm. So if you have individuals, individuals who are very disconnected from their own emotions and don't often look at them, have a very, very difficult time being around somebody who's exhibiting those types of emotions. And that can be a perfect recipe for someone to exhibit toxic positivity. Mm-hmm. And not consciously, but it's it's almost in an, in an attempt like, oh gosh, there's that thing of emotional expression, negative emotions that I am so uncomfortable with, with myself. Mm-hmm. And when I see this person in front of me, I just want it to go away. Yep. There you go. I think that's a great place to, to wrap up. Um, 
As always, if you have a question for us or you want to <laughs> correct anything I say, which has happened already, uh, Rotini, uh, please email us at heyletmeaskyousomething at gmail.com. Uh, you can also find us on all the social medias. If you want to connect with me directly and find out w- more about what I do and maybe have a virtual coffee with me, you can find me at trueenginecoaching.com. You can also email me at ralph at trueenginecoaching. I'm also on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Just search for Coach Ralph or True Engine Coaching, and you will find me. Where can people find you? You can find my profile, which just gives you more detail about the way that I practice on my psychology today, psychologytoday.com. My profile's on there. I also have a website, thephillytherapistkristen.com. And my email is um, thephillytherapist at gmail.com. I also offer free uh, phone consultations. And also, if you want to send Ralph an email telling him to stop talking about Rotini, (laughs) feel free to use any of the above email addresses (laughs) to do so. (laughs) I'm hoping to get a sponsor out of this. Come on, Rotini. I know Rotini is not a brand. It is a type of pasta. (laughs) But still... There's got to be a Rotini brand pasta out there somewhere. Uh, Hey, I can dare to dream. Uh, All right. That's it for for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, And tune in next week for another Hey, Let Me Ask You Something. Thank you. Thanks. See ya.